This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Lim's Debro. Probably a shorter one today, just doing a little bit quick mailbag. It is game week. Finally, 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 we have made it to game week. Wake Forest kicks off against Elon on Thursday. I don't know why in my head sometimes I still think it's VMI. Maybe I live in the past. Who knows? But it is Elon on Thursday, 7 p.m. So excited. I will not be in attendance, but I hope there. I know there's going to be a ton of DVD fans there. Really excited to get back to football and, you know, not realignment. Don't really care about TV money. Just want to watch some football at this point. Enjoyed week zero. I hope you did. So today, we've got a mailbag. And just before just before I get into it, on Wednesday, there will be another episode up going over kind of expectations for the season and a little bit of an Elon preview. Elon's not really a good team. There's a reason there's not a betting line out on this. It's they're just not going to be a good team this year. So I just kind of want to give a little bit of preview there, but also just more of a touch on the expectations of the team, kind of what I think they are and what they should be. So without further ado, mailbag. Not this season specific, but does Devon Patterson eventually become a linebacker? I don't know. At first, I thought he was going to keep growing into it, but I don't think it matters at this point. And this is, I love that this is the first question because it's something that I have to keep tiptoeing around a little bit. I I think starting this year, next year, and so as football is a copycat sport, football is a very, very copycat sport. Stuff that you've seen teams and other leagues doing in the NFL, like people are like, I like that. I'm going to steal that. And so they're gonna they're gonna find ways to get people on the field with different body types. They're gonna like it, it's their best position. Safety is probably their second best position on the team. They're gonna find ways to put people on the field, whether it whether they're what their names are technically. So I don't think he ends up being a full-fledged linebacker unless he really, really like puts on some weight. Cause I don't think they're letting him, I don't think they're holding him back weight-wise, like they were a Luke Masterson, for example, like they've, they've shown that if, you know, if they need to put someone in at, at linebacker at safety, they're fine with it. So I think he's just, he's just been performing well there, but I, I think right now I would say no, but who knows after another year of eating some, some pit lunches and another year of some cookout. Cause I don't know if they have that down in Jacksonville. Any updates on the football transfer waiver, transfer waiver appeals for UNC and, and other or Tealies and whether or not, NCAA might loosen its initial strict rulings. This obviously is probably, you know, Afton Reed. We're still waiting on that. I got nothing on Tez. I hate it. I hate that situation. I don't really care that it's UNC. I, I think it's so I the one thing I do want to clear up is 
he was going to have to get a waiver regardless. And I think that's something I've seen around and like, oh, well, like he didn't have to get a waiver before and now he does. He was always going to have to give get a waiver. He was a second time transfer. He was always going to have to do that. The issue is it's more strict this time to get a waiver. And at first I thought it was going to be, you know, a quick one and done, like, you know, like it'll be, it'll be, we have all this outrage. It'll get overturned. Then as like the couple of weeks have caught on, they're like, wait, nothing's really happened here. And you've started seeing people get some results on the appeal, not the waiver, the appeal. So it's two different things. And you know, I've seen people with just outright garbage cases get a waiver. They're like, no offense to them. Like, it's not like they, they're bad people. It's just they're the case just is like, oh, like you played at like three different schools. What's going on here? And I've then they've I've seen them get it get the waiver on the appeal, and I've seen people that you know pretty clearly are by what the NCAA laid out not get the waiver. So I I, I have no idea. I truly think, and that's why I don't think I don't know if any if anyone should be like super like one way or the other. This is going to be good. Like they're going to get it. They're not going to get it. So I truly think sometimes at the NCAA it's a spin of the wheel, and you see what happens here. But again, I keep I keep trying to warn people. Well, not people. I keep trying to warn, like, like tell people, hey, like we're gonna get closer and closer to some lawsuits, and I think they're gonna they're gonna f around and find out the NCAA is if some of these people like there's a kid down in, at UNC Charlotte, I believe, that had some religious discrimination happening to him and got denied for his waiver. If that doesn't go through, that might be a, that might be a lawsuit. That might be an actual lawsuit. So, and the kid might not play this year, even if he sues, but you are re they are really running with some, some weird stuff. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be a way of where it's either the floodgates open or it doesn't. I think it's right now still a, a, it's, it's really very much operating from what I've heard as a case by case basis in relation to Efton Reed. I still think Reed has a good case from what I've heard and what I know about the case. That being said, it's the NCAA. I I cannot sit here and tell you with confidence of anything they're going to do. It is a sham of an organization. I don't really care if they get mad at me. It is a sham of an organization. I ugh, just ugh. I hope Epton gets it. I really hope. I, not from that. I think the team. I mean, obviously the team would, would love it, but it's one of those things that I just it, yeah. You're, you're putting kids in some weird positions right now, and it's really, and it's really, really dumb. Next up, let's mention in this football preview article that moving Rondell Bothroyd to the interior defensive line was considered. Much of that possibility factor in his decision to go to Oklahoma. Partially, but not that wasn't really why he left. Um, so I mentioned this also in the defensive line primer. So if you also, if you haven't been reading those, if you or just haven't been on site, you're trying to wait till football kicks off. Got primers up for most of the positions. The last two, I'll be doing linebackers and then secondary. We'll jam- jamming them together. Uh, so two different pieces will be out this week. I mentioned that no matter what, if Rondell came back to Wake this year, he would be playing defensive tackle. It, I, it didn't factor in the in that because I know that I, I love Rondell. I think Rondell's great. I think he's a great player. I His ceiling is definitely either in a position where he is uh, he is either going to be in sort of like a three down 
sort of sort of role was like three like a like a, a three a three down lineman so ends and then a tackle i think he'd be great as a defensive tackle there or on the field end of a so a strong side defensive end in a, in a four down so i didn't so it doesn't really matter there i think he just wanted i think for his last year he just wanted a different scenario and i say think very very lightly um i think he just wanted a different place got a nice bag and i mean i mean they it's not not tampering like he like went to the portal got a, got a got a nice bag good good on him same same sort of thing with sam like Rondell gave you what five six good years did all did all you good would have would have been great had he come back but kids don't want to be in there that long and if you're going if you're if you're not necessarily sure you're going to make it in the draft it might as well get a hefty bag while you're at it. So, but no, I don't think that the, that that move was necessarily the, the, the catalyst that drove him into the portal to Oklahoma. I think he's, he's underneath a, a defensive minded head coach, which Venables is. And he's, I think he'll be, he'll well done. So next person has asked how long until a commit for basketball, <laughs> uh, Bishop Boswell, so if you don't know by now, Bishop Boswell, Chuke Harris, and Keith Passmore will be on campus this weekend. I believe they get start. I think some of them get in on Thursday for the Elon game, but I don't know how much the weather is going to change from that. I'll go October. I mean, we're we're basically in September right now. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be early October before we see it commit, and that's fine. Again, you got you got a little space. Just just keep on working, keep on working, and think early October is where you'll you'll see the fruits of that labor. A question that I kind of knew that if that was coming, any idea of how basketball is operating, given Forbes needing to be away, someone splitting up the show, you know, what's happening here. So because I, it's Forbes is entitled to his own business. There's obviously walking around certain stuff. Steve Forbes loves his wife. He loves his wife with all his heart. He is going to take time right now to sit here and go and be in Atlanta with his wife. However, something has to pay the bills. And this is going to sound like kind of a dick statement. Something has to pay the bills because medical care is not cheap in this country. It is just not cheap. Uh, I know that C4 is, is, is spending as much time as possible with her. That being said, this isn't a job you can take PTO in. And he understand he that this isn't me. This, he understands this, and so I know that for official visits he'll be in Winston Salem. X amount of practices, you know, he'll be back. He'll be back here in Winston Salem. Well, I say here, I'm in DC, but he'll be back in Winston Salem for X amount of practices, ramping up to the season. He'll be he'll be coaching during the season. This isn't something he. It's it's not. He won't be taking time off for this. Like he will, he is still very much working while he is away. But while people are there, obviously I think things are just kind of sweat up between different assistants. They're, they'll run a practice or two during the week while they're there. And then whenever he, whenever he gets back up, you know, during the week or every couple of weeks, then he'll run those. But yeah, he's still, I mean, he's still working. He's still working. He's still crudin. He's still doing all those things. So it sucks, but like, that's, you know, again, this is the, this is the job you don't get PTO in and he's not taking a year off which he feels he feels like he doesn't need to take, take time off of this. He's he's working. 
So kudos to him. But yeah, so things are kind of split up a little bit, but he's still in charge doing what he needs to do. Next one up is do 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 do. Who's been your most surprising player on offense and defense? <laughs> on offense, it's Hilton, Alexander Deuce. Deuce Alexander's a monster. <laughs> I mentioned on, I think it was a practice report or something, that Deuce is going to be the guy that's going to get some people fired. So a little bit of backstory on Deuce. During his recruit, early in his recruitment, I remember like about right when he when he, when he got offered. I talked to him and he was, and I was like, Hey, I was like asking the question, you know, what, why do you think people aren't really recruiting you that hard letter retire five, just to see what the kids say. If it's, if it's a good answer, I'll put it in there. If it's not a good answer, then you know, we'll just, just fine. And it was because he, from his perspective, he thought it was because, you know, people thought he was too small. He plays in like a, he played in like not huge high school. Douglas County is, is fine, but it's, it's not, you know, you're not playing at Buford, you're not playing at, Walton, you're not playing at, you know, what's been, you're not playing at a, at a huge school, Grayson. So he, I think he was more of an exposure. You know, I, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest of people. And I kind of stopped the interview at that point and was like, Hey, full transparency for me back in me for my, my coaching friends I've heard back in, in Atlanta and also some coaching friends I've had around, you know, power five. I've heard that you're five, seven, five, eight. And the kid just started laughing. He was like, I've been that, that like height since like, freshman year like i'm five i'm five eleven at this point and <laughs> i just started laughing because it was one of those things that people were just getting bad information on him i don't know who was feeding it i know it wasn't awake but like someone some people have been had been spitting out some some really bad information on him and by the time that people really you know by the time people actually caught up to it he'd already been committed to he'd already been committed to wake and more, more times than not, when a kid commits to Wake, that's it. That's done. And his his, his family loves loves the campus, loves the place, and the coaches. He loves the coaches and the place. But yes, yeah, so that that kid's gonna get some people fired. Like at, during spring camp and fall camp, I usually kind of temper my expectations, especially with freshmen. But especially when people are like, okay, this guy's doing this against third strings and even the second strings because they're third and second strings for a reason. So. I'm I'm like okay fine. Then he started doing it into the first strings. <laughs> and the first day, the first day he got this first string. Mitch didn't do him any favors. He was kind of throwing the ball behind him. It was really funny. But then a couple days later, he he was actually like doing well and like running routes well and blocking well, which is something you need to do. And he was doing that well, and it was like, oh no, this kid can actually hang. Like, I I think he's at the point where I don't know if he burns his shirt, and we'll get to that question in a little bit. I don't know if he, I don't know if he burns his shirt, but he's going to make it hard, man. And it's not one of those things where you, there are some people you feel, you know, we might be able to burn their shirt because we feel fine about it. Like, you know, I'm not going to stay awake at night because he'll like Deuce Alexander is playing, but he's someone that like you get excited about. It's like, Oh no, like this kid next year is going to be like, I don't know how we're going to be able to keep him off the field next year if he keeps on this trajectory. And so Really excited about about Deuce, but he kind of came out of nowhere, especially after a spring where he was he was someone that in the spring everyone was like, yeah, like he seems good, but that's more of a you know twenty twenty four maybe twenty twenty five sort of guy. No, that this this kid might kid might be the end of the year. So <laughs> on defense, 
So there are three names that kind of got tossed around Devon Patterson, because, you know, again, like freshman doing well. I kind of laid the line between Jacob Roberts and Kevin Pointer. Pointer really, really, really like stood out during the fall camp. Like he start like I thought he was going to be like he'll be fine, he'll be just a steady piece. And like, no, he was actually like impactful in making plays. I was like, okay, no, there's actually a dude right here on, on the defense side. I just huh, this guy's this guy's fine. And then a bunch of like question marks was like, oh no, like that dude's good. So that was a bit surprising to me because I thought his next ascension was going to be like next year, but he might be a year early of that. Jacob Roberts, the other one, just because they're going to use him in so many different ways. They're going to use him. They're going to, like, he can, he can do a lot of stuff. I know he can only really technically play like the mic, but he can he drop back in coverage. He's on special teams. He can, he can rush the, rush the, uh, the passer. He's good at taking a, taking a running back out of the backfield. Like, Jacob is a health. They, they, I think they struck gold there. As long as he can stay healthy, he got his, he's got his weight down during the spring and has really just turned a corner and been like, he's telling me, I was like, yeah, no, that dude is a, is a power five player and that dude deserves to be here. And I mean, he really appreciates the opportunity. If you ever read his commitment stuff, he was someone that had always, always dreamed about being at Wake Forest. He went to Mallard Creek with Mari Henderson. And yeah, he's taken full advantage of this. And, it was, and not that I was surprised that someone from that lower level could really, you know, jump at, at you like that, but linebacker is just a really hard position. And the fact that, you know, usually if you're at that level, the athleticism might not be there. He has it. And so that's, it's, it's good to see him impacting multiple, multiple ways. What is my nervousness level with the defensive line? Six, out of, out of 10, uh, six. It's one of those things that if, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, if a, I, I, I really wish Isaiah Chaney was out, like not until October. <laughs> like I really wish he was healthy, obviously, but if he was out, you know what? I, I feel, I would feel better if he got to play against a, a Vanderbilt or it's an ODU against a Georgia Tech, like, like I, I would really love him to be able to like play against them and ramp up instead of like coming back in against, you know, I think his first game back was, might be Virginia Tech. If if the timeline works out, I think it might end up being that week. Maybe Clemson, if we're lucky. I I would love it, but so here's here's where my where my nervousness is like a little is higher, obviously. Because I mean, it's, it's death. I think you have four guys with Isaiah Cheney out right now. Five, actually, Wyatt Crespi will play. So I, I'd, I'd say five. I think you got five guys right now that you're like, cool. If 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 one of Wyatt Crespi or if one of Wyatt Crespi, Justin Williams, Nick Helbig get hurt, I'm not exactly. I'm not happy about it by any means, but I'm not sitting here staying up at night. That's kind of where I am with that. Like they're fine players right now. Justin, Justin had a good camp. I want to see it in, I want to see it in, in games. If he can do what he was doing in camp and games, I'll be thrilled, but I, that it's never too late for light to come on, but I want to see it. But if, if those, if those, one of those three go out, I'm not pleased, but I'm not exactly just like, here goes the season. If Rice Ganyas goes out, that probably jumps up to an eight. Because I think they, I think they really have something 
with Bryce. I, I really, they, I think they really got something. He's been great. He's been really good against the run. He's been evolving more and more against the pass. And it's more of a, just an adjustment of saying, Hey, like you're playing against better people. And I really, really wish he was not hurt during the spring, but is what it is. Kevin Porter goes down about a nine. Kevin, like I, it's one of those, I think about the same way I've had to do to corner. I think corner, I'm a little less worried right now. I think corner, I probably get a four or a five. I'm like, I feel better. But I, I think the same way about the positions. If if one of the other guys goes down, I'm like not not sleeping, but I'm not I'm not happy about it. If Kevin Pointer or Kalen Carson goes down, I am terrified. And I think of and I think that way about a lot of a lot of positions. But I mean, it's it's heightened when you don't have a lot of depth there. If your top guy goes out, I'm terrified. Like last year, if I'm trying to think of someone who would go down, honestly, last year. If Ryan Smenda went down, I'd be kind of terrified. I'd be, I'd be worried. I'd be, I'd be pretty worried. It's time to think who else last year would I be worried about. 2021 Rondell going down would have been bad. I think, I think Rondell going down would have been, would have been, I would have been holding my breath every play and just figuring it out. Last year, Kobe, honestly. Kobe wouldn't make me. Kobe would have maybe turned my worriness in the defensive tackle for from a two to a like a like a seven. Not because I don't. I I thought Deion Bergon Deion Bergon's good. Tyler Williams was, was being a monster last year, but just the fact of how disruptive Kobe was in every single facet of the game, you can't replace that. And I think that's that's fine. So I think the overall, and I know the question says defensive line. I really, it's really a defensive tackle. I feel fine. At, I feel. Pretty good with Jasheen. I feel pretty good with Ken Drawn. Really wish Jalen Hudson was healthy, but he'll be back in the two weeks. So I'll be fine with, I'll be fine there. I'm really high on BJ Williams. You know, the, I, I think the plan might be, hey, Ken Drawn, hey, hey uh, Jasheen, go out there against Elon, give us 15 to 20 good snaps. And let's, let's see what the young kids got. Let's see what BJ and Kendron and Carrington's got for us, which I'm fine with. They don't need, they don't, Deshaun and Kendron, Kendron needs a little more seasoning on him, but he's not going to get it against Elon. He's not going to get it against ODU. He'll get it against, I think Bandy will have, I think Bandy's tackles are a lot better than people give him credit for. They're interior, terrible yesterday. But I think Bandy's has good enough tackles that you're like, okay, cool, Kendron, this is, this is where you can season. But I think against ODU, it's, let those guys eat, and I think they'll be up. And they'll be able to eat. BJ, if, if BJ can stay healthy, I think BJ is going to be a monster this year. I think he's going to be not exactly what Jasheen was a couple years ago, but I think he'll be like, okay, I'm I'm fine putting putting you out there for 25 ish snaps and letting Jasheen do what he does anywhere else. So I'd probably put that at six. What three things are you watching most closely for in the Elon game? So obviously, I have an expectations thing coming out Wednesday, so I'm not going to spoil all of that. Number one. Deep passes. I think Elon's going to try and touch deep. I don't like Matt Downing as a quarterback. I think every time I've watched him, it's been terrible. But you never know with those sort of with these sort of games. I want to see, you know, if they give up a couple, whatever, that's fine. And it's the same sort of thing I watched with the, with Vanderbilt and Hawaii. If you give up a couple deep balls, it's fine. Look, man, like that happens. Don't sit here and burn the farm down because you give a couple deep passes here and there. Just how the game is now. The question is: Is, is are you playing the ball well? Are you losing people? And are you repeatedly getting deep? If you're getting beat six, seven times over over your head, 
that's a different story. But if it happens, you know, once or twice, I I don't care. I, I don't care. Obviously, you want perfection, but I, I couldn't care. So, yeah, I want to see how you how you fare in steep balls. I want to see if how how well you run the ball. One thing I'm really intrigued about with this new clock is how much time is being shaped up. Obviously, Notre Dame and Navy yesterday was a bit of a not bit was a was a pretty pretty big outlier, but. Uh, there was uh, Chris um, at Dadgum Box Scores on Twitter put out the new clock rules. Just you know, just our small sample size, of seven games. Navy Notre Dame was two hours and fifty minutes, and part of that is because Navy decided that tackling was optional when Notre Dame was running the ball, and Navy doesn't like to throw the ball. <laughs> they aren't good at it. It's not their it's not their thing. And so, but my my hypothesis right now that I really want to see more. And games like and, and blowout games and see it more just in, in general when you're not playing, you know, some 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 heavy duke it out games is can you save your defense a little bit? Because Wake has Wake like I know everyone likes to say, oh yeah, Wake scores pretty fast. And, you know, it's it's and I've definitely done it before. And Wake does score pretty fast from time to time, but Wake has a has a pretty patented, you know, eleven to twelve play four-and-a-half, five-minute drive that they just love busting out. Now that you don't have the clock stopping on those these first downs, those four-and-five minutes can start being seven-and-eight minutes. Like, you can start really chewing some time off the clock, which at first I know people were like, well, that's going to hurt Wake because, you know, he runs so many plays. I'm like, now I'm like, wait a second. You might be able to help yourself a little bit if you can get out to a kind of lead and and, and get one of those things and knock off half a quarter oh yeah you're fine if we could i think i think the hypothesis right now that I'm, I'm operating with is and i'm interested to see if someone asks clausen about it tomorrow well today if you're listening to this i'm interested to see if someone asks clausen about it because i think the hypothesis right now can be if i can which just seems very simple for football if i can run the football with any sort of just verification but if i can just continuously string together first downs and keep the ball on the ground and not and not do that and not, not turn the ball over throwing incompletions. All of a sudden those, these four minute drives turn into seven and eight. And, you know, you've had an issue with death in the past. Here's your, here's part of your answer. You're shaving off two to three minutes of the clock every single time. Like that's like, that's like, that's gone. And the same sort of, and honestly the same sort of thing on the other side of as long as you don't get beat deep, which was something that I really noticed yesterday with Navy when they played Notre Dame. It was a couple of drives where Navy, I think not, not that they were content, but like not, Notre Dame wasn't really content with letting them drive the ball down the field, but they, it kind of felt fine that that Navy was chugging out four yards of carry because they weren't getting beat deep. They weren't giving up the explosive play. So you can sit here and say, Hey, cool. Do whatever you need to do between the twenties as long as we stop you in the red zone and don't give you explosive plays, that's fine. You're going to sit here and blow out, you know, six, seven minutes of your own time in this drive. If I can hold you to nothing or a field goal and not let you get an explosive play, that works in my favor because I know I can score on you. I now know I can score on you and drive down the field, whether it's an explosive or drive down the field with, you know, six, seven, eight minutes coming off the clock. 
Now I can let you take five, six minutes off the clock and not and basically hold you to a to a field goal or or nothing. I'm I'm I love that. I'm I'm here. My defense can be terrible, but as long as we don't give up the explosives or or like a touchdown in the red zone, that's fine. You just burnt an entire quarter right there. You do that four times, you win. So that's that, and then and then and then when they start getting a little bit antsy, they'll start throwing the ball when they really want to. You can start teeing off of them. So it's it's a snowball effect there. But I'm really I'm really intrigued there. So I'm really intrigued to see like at least Wake's run game. If we can have a solid run game against Elon, I think we're going to start seeing more of these. I obviously they're going to take shots downfield. Let's we're going to have these two play seventy five yard drives. Mitch Mitch likes taking some shots. So let's we're fine. But I, I want to see how well they run the ball. And third, stay healthy. Just, just stay healthy, please. That's, that's all I really ask for. Uh, Jamie, oh God, this is a question that's going to get me trouble. Jamie Newmore and John Walford, who would you prefer to be your QB one? I mean, I, it depends on what my personnel is. So if my personnel is the Sage and Scotty sort of thing. Give me, give me Jamie every day. I'm just center. Like, there's no slouch to John. Jamie threw better deep ball than we've seen in a long time here. So, but I think right now the way I would build my team is I I love a, a mobile scrambling quarterback. Like I I love my Jalen Hurts QB push sort of thing and having just a battering ram. I love having someone that you have to account for in the run game, just like just like a scatter bug. I love it. And I think Walford complete, completing like what 65% of his passes or 63 or something like that. Yeah, give me, give me Johnny boy, give me Johnny football. I am quote unquote six feet tall. That yeah, no. <laughs> if you had to give it a guess, looking back at the end of the season, where will Mitch have ranked among the ACC quarterbacks and overall performance? Uh, I think he'll be in the top group, and I, I'm just going to sit here and say that I think he'll be in the top group. I don't know, I don't know about certain like will he be second or third or fifth like that. that that's hard to project, but I mean I think Jordan Travis has a good season. I think Drake May has a really good season. If if May if if Tez is there, I think he has a really good season. If if Tez is not there, I think he has a good. I think he has a really good, not great season. Because this, if he doesn't have Tez, that's the Sam Howell experience all over again, like two, like almost to a T. Let's see. I think I think I mean I'm betting Mitch over 3,100 yards this year, 25 touchdowns. Like I I have that bet. Like I think this dude sits here and throws for like 32, 3,300 yards and like almost 30 touchdowns. Um, who else? I think I think Louisville could have a quarterback. I just don't like Jack Plummer that much. <laughs> I don't I don't think Jack Plummer's a great quarterback. I think he's fine. <laughs> I think he does what Jeff Brom needs him to do, but eh. Yeah. So Mitch Travis. May. I don't like the receivers at you at, at state. Don't I don't like those receivers at all. So that's that's what's holding me back from Ben Armstrong. Is that they don't like those receivers. Not UVA, definitely not Grant Wells. I don't think Grant Wells is good. I, I know that I know Grant Wells isn't good. We have four years of data on Grant Wells. He's he is, but he is at this point. He's fine. Like he is fine. Uh I don't think TVD's great. I I think Mitch is in the top four. I, I think Mitch is a top is a will be a top four quarterback. And like when this all said and done, in terms of like performance of like stats, like, this offense is built to do that. 
What unit of the football team has the biggest range between its floor and ceiling this season, assuming health? Oh, <laughs> assuming they're all health. So essentially, who has the biggest range of outcomes based on what we have and what they could be and everyone stays healthy? Oh, it's corner. Oh, it's 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 absolutely corner. Those dudes could stink. And I don't, and I, I like, I, like, outside, like, playing corner is so hard. I'm, I'm including Slocum in here. Playing corner and especially nickel is so hard that we saw how bad you could be last year. And I think Kalen has, you know, obviously a higher floor, but I mean, we, what is the really, the, we don't really know what the floor is for Deshaun Jones. We don't really know what the floor is for Demarcus Rankin right now, who's came, come from D3 or D2, excuse me. Jamari Glasser hasn't played an organized football, hasn't played an actual football game. Like those dudes could be, could not be like we could everything we saw in, in fall camp could be like, oh wow, you know, these guys really like impress us. And we think they they will we don't think they'll I don't think they'll be I don't think they'll be always EC minus Kalen. I think they'll be fine. And that's all you need. I think they'll be fine. And I don't sit here and need douche chestnut. I don't need honey badger. I don't, I don't need. Uh, I don't. I don't need a first round draft pick across from Kalen Carson. I need you guys to just not get your heads caved in. But yeah, they could. They could be bad. Like I think. I think, and especially it looks. I think those people can can look worse than they actually are too. Like, even if they're even if not great, corner is a, a place you can look a lot worse than you actually are. So I think between that and being like, hey, like if especially if the pass rush gets home, those guys could be. Those guys could look fantastic. And I, because I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to have the, I don't think they're going to have interceptions as many interceptions because the way that they're taught is to play through the receiver's hands, not to, it's, it's in phase versus out of phase. Then that's how, how they're taught. And that's how a lot of corners are taught. So I don't think the interceptions will be there, but I think they could sit here and be some solid, some solid cover guys. Like Deshaun Jones, like, while we don't know what his floor is, looked a lot better as he got reps at the end of the year. You know, I, Demarcus Rankin was, was someone that you're like, hey, man. Let's count how many times we target him in practice to, okay, we can count how many times we're targeting him. He's actually winning, you know, about half of these reps. Jamari Glasker probably has as much talent as Caleb does. He's got to stay healthy. So, yeah, it's definitely corner, like without a doubt. Not really which specific who your CFP teams for this upcoming season. I thought I actually, I talked to myself this morning and you can do that when you live alone. And I was like, man, I thought, I thought this to myself, man, I haven't, I get to get away with not doing CFP picks. And here we go. Georgia, I think Georgia three beats. Uh, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan. I have a bet on Michigan to make the playoff. I think they're, I think they're a better team than Ohio State, especially the fact that we don't know who Ohio State's quarterback is. And the four spots hard because I, I mean, you could say Texas, but it's, it's Texas, Texas isn't back to me until they're actually back. I did not like how USC's defense looked yesterday. Did not like it at all. Bama would be the pick, but I the quarterback would does Jalen Miller all good? LSU, LSU might uh, maybe no. And I don't I don't think they, I don't think two two ACC teams get in. <laughs> give me Bama. Just 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 give me Bama. I think it'd come down to Bama or LSU. I think, yeah, I think that's where those two would go. I think the winner, I think the winner of that game ends up being the last team in. 
In past years, there have been games, Army, the one that comes with mind, that have a more elaborate scout, and as a result, they've gained some attention towards the fall camp and maybe early in the season, not just starting the week of the game. Obviously, no Army game this year, but are there any that requires involve that kind of advanced prep? So kind of peeling back the curtain here, a lot of the work film-wise that you see that they that they that they do week to week is done in the spring and in the summer. It's what the analyst jobs are. They aren't sitting here binging like months-long worth of film in about two days and then teaching it to the scout team in a day and having them run that. So the only team that would really ha- that would happen to would, this year is definitely Clemson. Because you have to now throw out all of your Clemson stuff from the last two years. Well, not all of it, but like most of it. And now do Garrett Riley. So like Garrett Riley has stuff that Tony Elliott and Chase and uh, Chad Morris and Brandon Streeter all all use. Like they're very much tempo stuff. They love bubble screens. They love inside zone, which is something Wake loves as well. Like like. It's not going to be they're – not, they're not reinventing the wheel here, especially because it's still football at the end of the day. They're not reinventing the wheel. But it's – like, their philosophy is just much different. Like, right now, the, Riley is a very – like, Riley, Riley is a very aggressive head coach. And I think that's a big thing that's going to have to change in terms of how you how you play them is – Riley is, is going to tell you Riley's offense is dictated. Of, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do defense. I, I, this is what I'm doing. You respond versus a uh, post snap RPO, which is, which is, which is what they run been back in the day, which I, I like sometimes like depends on what your personnel is. Like it, it's that's why like Wake can do either, which I think is for the really fun part about Wake is they can have, they can, they they'll see, you know, pre-snap like, okay, you know, here's what the numbers are. But then post that, okay, this is what the defense gives us. But they can also just sit here and take it to you. Like when they, I love this little trips formation, this little bunch trips formation they use against uh, Liberty a few times and against FSU. Like that sort of stuff that you'll see that Garrett Riley does is he's going to say, hey, there's some vertical shots here. There are ways to get our guys on weaker playmakers. There's ways to cause confusion for you. And you're not going to have to think as much as a receiver or as a running back. Like you're going to sit here and you're going to be an athlete. You're gonna run, they're gonna run a bunch of counter GT, which is something Wake kind of does as well. Mesh post wheel, they run a bunch of daggers and stick. Like they they it's so it's different in terms of it's the same in terms of what they like had in terms of just like personnel, but different in terms of philosophy. And so that's something you have to really account for in the summer. And I don't think you're necessarily gonna have to they don't they're not gonna sit here and devote time at the end of fall camp for it, but it's something that I think we'll get an extra little piece of of attention just because it's new. It's a new guy that you have coming in that you don't have film from somewhere else. Like you don't have NC State. You know what Robert and I did. You you basically you're using the UVA film and the Syracuse film from the last couple of years and throwing it in there. That's essentially what it's going to be. A little bit of kinks because they have some they have some a two some two tight ends. You'll be fine. But yeah, it's definitely Clemson. Ooh, do 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 do. What is next? Uh, interesting updates revived when Boswell visits this week. Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, well, I feel good. Kid Boswell is going to decide late September, early October. So we'll, we'll go from there. Pass more is quiet. So which former offensive player to Clawson would make a great OC in the future? And a DC. Uh, OC is a league Terry. 
everything I hear about that about that guy up in Oregon is just like this this kid's good. Like he's good at his job. The players love him. He's a great recruiter. He's such a smart dude. He is so smart. I think in the next you know, probably four to five years, that could be a dude you see as a college offense coordinator. Obviously, Wofford is up there too, but right now I think Terry's could make a great one. DC is a little hard. Honestly, I thought Chubb would be one, but he seems like he doesn't really want to be like in football anymore. But I, Chubb, Chubb is someone I definitely thought would be there. Ryan Janvion comes. Ryan Janvion definitely comes there. Kobe, honestly, might be the best answer. It, the way that, because I, I think we kind of heard it from Clawson, the way he plays is so textbook that it's just, it's just like, this is how you want to teach people. Like, you take his film and this is how you want to teach everyone else. This is how you play football. And I think with his mind, he could make, I think he's respected enough. And I think he could be a good enough um, recruiter. And I think he'd be good enough just, kind of seeing things people don't that that would help that when will the conference schedules for men and women's basketball be released i honestly don't know i have a feeling it'll be the next month because tip off for men's basketball is the week of the fsu games that's in october so i'd say in the next month that that's probably that has to come out because it has to come out before people go down to tip off so i don't really know why it's taken all that long for that but Suits, man. Look, realignment. Suits. We've got the last couple up here. If you have to guess, what freshman do you, do you think don't get redshirted? Devon, Hilton, Trayvon West, David Egbe. That would be my four. I think, I think Devon is just going to play himself onto the field in certain scenarios, and they can use him on special teams. Trayvon West, I, I think just having depth at corner is really, really going to help them. And I think if he can absorb reps early on, then I think it'll it'll snowball there. Eggbay, I mean, just having depth at running back is fine. He's older, so I can see them burning it and be like, well, look, like development-wise, you're, you're about to be 20 years old anyways. You're fine. And then Hilton, like I said earlier, Hilton's just, just good. <laughs> Hilton's just good, man. So that would be my four. The borderline would be a Carrington Lee, especially if, if Hudson, if Hudson either stays a little bit injured or Carrington just pops off. Carrington's burning. Oh my God. Aiden Hall. Uh, five. Aiden Hall. Aiden Hall's burning, just burning his red shirt. Uh, just a, you kind of, you kind of need a little bit of death, more death at linebacker and B, he's being an early on. We really, really helped him. He's, he's really popped off from there. What week football games are you attending this year? So if you want to see me. I will be at ODU in a few weeks. I will be at Pitt for homecoming. It is my five-year. Yes, I'm old. I just found another gray hair. I'm potentially going to be at FSU, depending on how the season goes. If it's yeah, that's, uh, it, that's the day before my birthday. So, obviously, I want to enjoy it. But, and you know, football is how I enjoy things. But I don't know if I want to necessarily be either in the stands or in the press box or Maybe just with friends somewhere else. Who knows? We'll see there. And then I will be at Notre Dame. I'll be covering Notre Dame. Les gets to go to Charleston. I lost that. I lost that drawing. And then again, how depending on how the season goes, I will be at Syracuse. I'm hoping I can go to NC State. One of my friends really wants to go to NC State. He's from Clinton, North Carolina. Loves the state game. He went a couple years ago, and the 2020 game was awesome. 
So, and it might be the last year that we play, depending on how this whole Cal last year we play consecutively, depending on how all this Cal Stanford SMU stuff goes down. So try, I'm thinking it might go down for state that's tentative, but yeah, the definite ones are ODU Pitt, and Notre Dame right now. So thank you guys so much for listening to this. And as always, go Deeks. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.